Welcome to the Blackout Podcast, where I get to talk to amazing people who do amazing things. This episode is brought to you by our friends, Dragon Energy, Canada's newest energy drink. You can check them out on Instagram at Dragon Energy Canada and on Facebook. The power is yours. Hi, Alexa. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you, Israel? I'm great. I've been trying to make this happen for two years now. It's true. Um, but you know, a, a lot of things happened in the past two years. Let's start with like, why do you take your car and go to the freaking <laughs> wilderness to shoot <laughs> photos? Why do you do that? Um, why not? But more than that, it's very, it's relaxing for me. It's like therapy. I love going outside. I love being outdoors. I only got my license to drive three years ago. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Driver's <Is> license? Like... <laughs> yeah, you're like... No, I don't even yeah, know how I to say you get it. it at 16 or... Is it yeah. 17, something 16, like that? 16, you're allowed to get it. So and, I got it when I was 27. And then you're like, no, I'm not. I'm not. What happened? Why, why, why so late? I grew up in Halifax. Like, you, it takes 10 minutes to walk anywhere here. Like, why, why did I need my license? And also because there are so many things outside of the city. I always had friends who had the license, so I would just get in their car. You know, I don't have to pay for a car. I don't have to pay for gas. I don't have to pay for insurance. <laughs> why do I want to drive? Yeah. And I'm also, like, I was really scared of it. It was, like, a lifelong phobia. So oh. when I was 27, I did Young Drivers, and, like, I had a bunch of panic attacks. I'm so glad that I learned to drive that way because I had like someone in a car with me who had like control of brakes and things that I needed just for my own peace of mind. And mm -hmm. now, three years later, it's one of my favorite things in the world. Yeah, to go out in the wilderness and then shoot. But I must be honest, though, there's one of your photos. I think, you know, I love all your photos, but there's one um, you were like by this lake, you know, like maybe 18, 19 months ago. And it was you like because you spend the night in your car. Yeah, You're I crazy. In my car. <laughs> <laughs> you were you were in your car. And then the next day you took this beautiful sun, um, sunrise. Yeah. It was stunning. I mean, you know, I, when I saw that picture, I kind of got it, but yeah. still, I'm like, I'm lazy. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I'm lazy. That's why I sleep in my car. I don't want to pitch a tent. Like, that's so much work. I just fold down my seats, put out my sleeping bag, and then I wake up and the sunrise is there. Like, you don't have to hike out to it. You just park where you want to see sunrise, wake up, roll out of the car, get the photo, go back to the car, have a nap for a few hours, <laughs> and then start your day. Yeah. So, let's <laughs> reverse a bit. Um, how did it all start? for you with photography yeah um i started i think my grandfather loved photography my dad was kind of interested in it my mom is an artist she went to the same university that i did so she did a degree in ceramics but she also did a lot of photo courses and i was actually like an infant when she was in art school so oh. i think maybe like it just kind of like like just went into my body through her I don't know I don't know what was happening like she was writing what, what, was she doing photography or she was doing ceramics but she did a lot of photography courses and she was actually like pregnant with me while she was at NASCAD University oh. so maybe like in the womb Wait, like... is she by any chance one of Walt Ostrom's students not that I know anyway so I, I, I just <laughs> name dropped because I made this documentary about this guy I didn't know anything about ceramics but okay. like this man it's like the ceramics person in 
Canada, really. She probably knew him. Yeah, because he was the instructor at NASCAR. You yeah. should ask her when you get home. I will. I, I'm supposed to Skype with her today. Oh, no. So. Oh, fuck. COVID. <laughs> I know. Well, <laughs> FaceTime. Like, I just aged myself, but we FaceTime now. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, so she had you. Uh, well, she was pregnant with you while she yeah. was in NASCAR. And yeah. so I just grew up with a lot of creative people around me. And then I think the first time that I really fell in love with photography, my mom took me to, she took me out of school when I was in grade three I think mm. for a couple of months we went to Spain and Morocco again because of ceramics she wanted to look at art museums there it was a crazy thing like she sold our beat up station wagon took me out of school and we went traveling oh where did you go to um I went at that time I went to a lot of elementary schools but at that time I was going to St. Catharines in the far north end of Halifax no I mean for the traveling oh the traveling Spain and Morocco oh my god wait yeah. is Morocco the place with the blue well yeah, we didn't go to the Blue City, unfortunately. That's, like, on my dream travel yeah. list now. Yeah, a friend um, of mine went. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, beautiful. Like, a beautiful, beautiful country. So inspiring. And I had uh, disposable cameras the whole time. Like, point-and-shoot disposable cameras. And I documented. So, with actual film and yeah, stuff. Yeah, actual film. I documented the whole trip. I still have those photo albums somewhere. That is cool. Yeah, and I fell in love with it. And then, I think shortly after that, digital photo technology started becoming like accessible mm -hmm. um so i had like really crappy like nikon like or yeah like point and shoot little digital cameras that i would use um through junior high and high school and then i started shooting film when i went to nascad when i was 19. what did you say in nascad i studied uh, photography oh yeah. Wait, so, like, what kind of things do you like? Because a, a friend of mine says in the first day, you kind of do everything, and, yeah. right? And then, so, like, with photography, like, you had to have your camera or... No, so I went to NASCAR thinking that I was going to study fashion design. Oh! Uh, yeah, that was my dream. And it was part, like, I, I'm still interested in fashion, but for a like a huge part of it was that I wanted to come out of university and feel like I was set up to have a career. Mm -hmm. And I thought that studying fashion design would be like a more obvious career path. Like you could, there are so many places you could go into. You can go into design, manufacturing, retail management. There's just so many options. So mm -hmm. I went to NASCAD thinking that was my path. Um, and photography, like you said, you have to try everything in the first year. Mm -hmm. And when I started working in the dark room, I just fell in love with photography. And before even half way through my second year I had declared photography as my major oh. so yeah it was a it was not what I expected to be doing but did, did any memories of the Morocco trip like come to you while you were yeah definitely this? like I never stopped photographing like it was always something I enjoyed I just didn't think that it would be something that I would study mm. um or something that I would find work in so oh yeah, hmm. I, yeah. <laughs> and, and then how was it like you know the years you were in Nascot um, it was really, it was fantastic. I loved it. Um, like you, like you were saying, I got to try so many things. So I did a, a major in photography, but I minored in fine art. So I did a lot of drawing, um, a bit of painting, and then I did. I continued doing fashion studies on the side as well. So more like theoretical fashion studies and conceptual stuff than actual like manufacturing and sewing, but mm -hmm. still like staying connected to that world. Um, it was really busy. <laughs> <laughs> I also worked full time through my degree. What, were you, what was the job you did? I worked in a bookstore. Why? Like, what, <laughs> what did you love about working there? They hired me. That was, <laughs> that was a big part, but I, I do love books as well. Like, I have basically, like, every other person in my maternal family is some kind of writer. Oh, um, nice. Are you ever going to write something? 
I write well. I write Instagram captions all the time. Yeah, those are fucking <laughs> awesome. But like, but like, you know, like an actual um, book. Book. I don't think I. I don't imagine writing a book. I have done like writing for CBC and for a few other publications, like just doing little articles, and I enjoy doing that. But uh, a book seems like a. You big should take project. all your captions and then put it in a book. That's what everyone is doing now. Like, uh, does it? I can't remember the person, but he just took all his tweets. Yeah. and that's a fucking book. That's amazing. Yeah, um, your captions are brilliant. You know, and then, so it's going to be like a photo book slash caption. So you like have the photos you take and then you write what is it, put it, sell it. I like that. (laughs) Or do like a mix and match, like have photos on one page, captions on the other. Yeah. People to figure out which one goes with which. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice, nice. Okay, so yeah, bookstore. You worked in the bookstore. I worked at a bookstore uh, for like, yeah, three years, and I bought a lot of books. I love reading, so it was great. But yeah, it was it was definitely a lot of work. Um, and I graduated in 2013 from that degree, and also left my bookstore job. Um, and then you, what did you do? Did you just get a job right away? Uh, not in photography. Oh, what I, what was it? <laughs> I bartended for a number of years. Okay, which I think I feel like that's the very cliche like art school graduate thing to do. <laughs> um, I had a BFA. I didn't know what to do with it for a long time, or not a long time, but for a couple of years, I thought that the next step would be to get a master's degree. So I felt like I was just kind of like... What were you going to do your master's and if you did do it? Fine art. I was just going to keep doing it. Like I got... I had good grades. I liked I liked the academic system. I feel very comfortable in it. So I kind of thought like why not just continue with what I've been doing because I enjoy it. Mm. But I also didn't enjoy the debt. I didn't know which <laughs> school to go to. So... Uh, I took some time off. I bartended, and yeah. then I started getting photo work. And how, how did I start? Instagram. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> let's rewind because like Instagram was super new. Yeah. And like that was when Instagram was blue. Remember? Yeah. Blue with like a weird. You're gonna make me cry. <laughs> I miss the old Instagram. Oh my god! And what's wrong with Instagram and the changes? Like every fucking every day, day, there's a new thing. It's... Like you know, now you have to put your posts up there, and that what the fuck? I can't. I feel like a boomer. I feel so old <laughs> when I go on Instagram. I'm like, how does this work? Yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. understand. Okay, so so. <laughs> So, like, yeah, I mean, it was Facebook. Yeah. And then I remember it. Like, I got my Facebook late, 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 late. And then Instagram came in front of me. I was like, you need to check out this thing. I'm like, yeah. the fuck is this? You just put photos? Because there was, um, what was the other photo one? It's not Pixar. Not Pixar. <laughs> but it's like, it's like a, ugh. I'm really bad at, I don't, I'm so bad at tech and I'm always, like, I was behind too. I didn't join, I joined Instagram in 2013. It had already been around for, like, quite a while and I held out. So I don't even know what else exists. Yeah, anyway, so you got on Instagram, why? Um, well, after my degree, I was, like, pretty burnt out, but mm. I still wanted to make images because it had, it was something I had been doing my whole life. Um, so I decided that maybe going on Instagram using at that time using only my iPhone I think I had like an iPhone like four or five I don't know something something old Mm. um I thought that going on Instagram with those constraints just using like very minimal technology would be like a way to rediscover what I loved about photography Mm. and also do it with less pressure like not worrying about what kind of grades I was gonna get or Mm. if I would be able to show the photo somewhere or Mm. if someone would buy it just do it for fun and Mm. for myself so that's how it started and then um and now you're like what 20 over 20 20 yeah I don't know I I checked it yesterday but now I forgot because I have 28 yeah it's crazy like uh, so when did that number go from 
something manageable to, okay, what is going on? So it happened for me overnight, um, pretty much. So I think, like, I had been Instagramming for about a year, uh, like I said. It's okay. So I had been Instagramming for about a year, and like I said, it was mostly point-and-shoot iPhone stuff, and... I had about maybe 2,000 followers at that time built up and like all local Halifax people. And I was getting odd photo jobs here and there as well, which was really great. Was it like weddings or? No, nothing like weddings. Just like, you know, going to like a new store would open and like they would want photo- photos and I would go shoot that for an hour, that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. really little, little jobs. I still had, I was still bartending and then I got a nine to five as well. Doing what? Uh, managing retail. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so I... I was doing that, and then... Was it fashion, the retail? Yeah. Yeah, so you used that, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> A jack of many trades. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was just... it was Things were happening organically, but very slowly. Mm-hmm. And then Urban Outfitters moved to Halifax, and they asked me to publish a city guide for them of, like, just little hot spots around Halifax, things to do outdoors, cafes, restaurants to visit, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, another, I think, a journalism student wrote the feature and I took the photos for it so that happened and CBC wrote a story about me that was not very favorable Um, because I hadn't uh, I had done the guide for Urban Outfitters unpaid So so CBC wrote an article about how I was taking work away from paid artists I don't understand. They were saying that because I accepted a free opportunity, like I accepted a free opportunity and I should have said no. Yeah, like I still like, I'm sorry, I don't understand. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't, it didn't feel like news to me either. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. I'm sorry, I don't get it. So wait, let me try and figure out how <laughs> yeah. this happened. So they're like, this company came and then they're like, maybe four big photographers in the city. Yeah. Maybe. And then over an outfit I said, oh man, this person is hot young chick it fits their brand and like oh i want to work with this person and and they're like would you like this opportunity i'm like sure i'll do it and then you shot the photos and they're like oh wait you took the money from these four people that shoot all the photos all the fucking time yeah holy shit yeah well and also the article made it like made me out to be uneducated and, uh, and uninformed they said that like i had been taken advantage but of. you went to na- oh my god <laughs> i wish i what yeah so it was it was pretty wild for me it was pretty uncomfortable and it was really uncomfortable because this was for me how long ago how far, uh... this was 2014 yeah. 2015 quite a while ago but for me it was like i had just graduated from wait university. wait wait pause yeah rewind because Re- like you said something like you know i've written some articles for cbc so did you guys like make up or what (laughs) so this was one person this was this story was written by one person Mm um i i still i love cbc i grew up listening to cbc radio it's been part of my life and since then cbc has asked me to work with them and paid me to work with them and those have been great opportunities for me so just like with urban outfitters i made a decision oh my god you're talking as if you have a pr person (laughs) well part of my job is pr now oh my god that was so good that was so good 
Okay, I'm gonna learn that. Yeah, you know we're <laughs> okay. Okay, so, so this person wrote this article. Yes, they wrote the article, and um, it went viral nationally for some reason. I think because it. I I don't know. I don't know why it went viral nationally, and also my photos for Urban Outfitters started going viral on Instagram. So I think at that time, Urban Outfitters was one of the biggest accounts on Instagram. Um, one of my photos for them of Peggy's Cove, which like you can never go wrong with Peggy's Cove. That photo became one of their most liked photos of all time. Mm. So these things were happening at the same time. And then that week I got a notification on Instagram while I was bartending. I was like, it was a Friday night shift, I think. And I got a notification saying that I had become a suggested user (laughs) and to expect a lot of traffic in the coming weeks and a lot of growth. And I kind of like, I was literally just starting my shift and I saw this notification, freaked out, had to put my phone away. <laughs> and then when I like when I finished my shift at the end of the night, I sat down at the bar to have a drink and looked at my phone and it actually crashed after a few minutes because I was getting so many <laughs> notifications. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and by the end of that, that like couple of weeks stretch, I had gone from like 2000 followers to over 30,000 followers. That is insane. Yeah. Really crazy. Thank you, CBC. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no such thing as bad press. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so what then how did you I guess you this happened and what did you decide to do with it so I had already like I had mentioned I had started freelancing already accepting small jobs and I started getting more local opportunities I was accepting those and also get I was getting more opportunities to work with national and international brands so like the same week that I became a suggested user on Instagram Aritzia Mm. hired me to photograph their Halifax opening and photograph some local influencers like uh, Kayla Short and Mo who I know was talking to you recently. Mo is awesome. Mo is amazing. I love her. She's so inspiring. Um, her work is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. So uh, I got to have some opportunities like those, working with more major clients and working with people within our local community. And mm-hmm. things just started kind of snowballing from there. So <clears throat> this is one thing, though. Like, uh, how do you decide costing photos? It's hard. Mm. It's really hard. Um, So I have an hourly rate, um, and that's just an hourly rate that I charge. So if I'm taking photos for an hour, this is my rate, and that includes the time I'm setting up, everything. Um, And then depending who the photos are for, I might have to also charge licensing fees. Ah. Yeah. So So if you're shooting for, like, I don't know, Mercedes, Mm. that's something versus shooting for, like, a store right around the corner. Yeah. For sure. And also, like, how people plan to use the images, I charge based on that. So if people are only using them online, I just charge them my hourly rate. But if people want to license the images to print or, like, if they want to make a billboard or make products or something like that, they have to pay a licensing fee. So, and this happens, like, I'm like, oh, I want you to do a photo shoot of the podcast. Yeah. Like, you have this discussion about, like, where is it going to go? Yeah. But what if, like, when we had this discussion, I wasn't sure I was going to do a billboard six, you know, months, two years, whatever down the road. Someone's like, oh, here's a bunch of money. Go put this thing on the billboard. Do I reach out to you or, oh? Yeah, you do. Please. Um, this is something that I talk about. You don't about. play. You do not play. Oh my it's god. It's my job. <laughs> um, so I I talk it when it's when my photos are being used for a commercial purpose. I talk mm. about this before the shoot ever happens. And I always say to people, even if you don't think right now that you want to print the photos, like as a photographer, the copyright is always mine unless otherwise stated. Do all photographers know this? Probably not. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like okay. even on Instagram, like Insta, you, you sign a huge contract when you're using Instagram and it says that Instagram can use your images, but other people on Instagram cannot use your images. Mm. So like if like a major company reposts my image without asking for my permission, they violated my copyright. So you can be like, give me the moolah, baby. <laughs> I've never done that, but I do know photographers who have uh, asked for payment retroactively after someone has posted their image without permission and who have succeeded in those requests because mm-hmm. really major companies should know how creative so copyright is works. this something like you learn in school or you had to learn yourself? No, I didn't do. I really regret not taking business courses when I was in university. It was an option at NASCAD and mm-hmm. um, I didn't do it because I was really young. It wasn't mandatory. And I thought that the more studio courses I did, the better, like that the most important thing would be to come out of school with like a portfolio that would have me ready to work. And I didn't take into account that I would need to know basic accounting and copyright information and information on how to charge for my photos and licensing. So I've learned all of that on the fly, basically. Uh, A lot of time on the internet, a lot of research, um, a lot of trial and error, mm-hmm. uh, making a lot of mistakes. <laughs> Is this why you do all these stories? Because I like your stories because, you know, it's, and you have your fucking cute dog uh, kingsley um, um but also because part of your stories is like you do this series that is like fucking educational a couple of days ago you were talking about like you're teaching people stuff is that what you kind of feel like oh shit i wish there was someone like me then? um yeah definitely and i like other podcasts that i've spoken on i've really encouraged people to educate themselves as much as possible in business because you need i think more and more people are having to work in contract jobs or freelance positions and our public school education system hasn't caught caught up to that yet Mm -hmm. so we don't learn about filing taxes in high school we don't learn about business management and i think that so many people need those skills now so i just want to share things that i've learned by making mistakes so that other people don't have to make the same mistakes I've made. Mm, mm, yeah. Mm. Okay. So, you know, you blew up, started getting all these nice jobs. And how do you decide what job to take? Um, so I have different kind of checklists for photo work. I'll do pretty much anything because I'm taking the images and then handing them off. Um, so they're not being shared by me. They're not really connected to me unless there's like a disclaimer that says this photo was taken by Alexa Cute. No one knows. Uh, well, they might know because I have a pretty, I have a distinct editing style, but it's not written there for everyone to see. Uh, for social media contracts, for sponsored content, I have a little checklist that I go through. So for me, the first question I ask is, is this a product that I would, or service that I would really use? Like in my day-to-day life, is this, does this fit in for me? Mm-hmm. And then if I say yes, I think, okay, will my audience also like find this of service? My audience is mainly women, like late to mid, late twenties, mid thirties. And then if I say yes, I have to look into the brand a little bit more and see if I'm comfortable with their ethics i guess for mm-hmm. as like a broad umbrella term okay so <clears throat> i'll go to the po- sponsor uh post but before that you mm-hmm. mentioned the editing thing <clears throat> and that was the the educational piece yeah. you did on your story why did you feel the need to share that well that one was about retouching i think that's the one that you're talking yep. about um so for me 
I well, I think I, we all are surrounded by so much media. And growing up, like I've mentioned to you before when we were talking, I have social anxiety. I also had body dysmorphia growing up, and I struggled with a lot of things like that. And I think, um, especially for women, it's really important to know what you're looking at mm -hmm. and to know that you're not always seeing you're often not seeing reality and also for photographers to think and people on social media to think about the responsibility that they have when other young people are looking at their images mm -hmm. and that you're really because so much of our life is online now you're shaping people's expectations of the world and themselves so mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean like you said someone are you ever going to do a course or do you do that i don't people have asked me you should, man. You know, I'll be, I'll gladly shoot it. Yeah. Yeah, serious. I'll, you know, gladly. Cause like, um, you, you know, I know you're putting your stories and you can do that any day and time. But I think, you know, putting all these things in one place, I like it doesn't have to cost a fortune, yeah. right? But, but like, and and you, you know, just the experience you have with just shooting photos social media you know just life in general you could just yeah condense it into this i don't know course and just because like i'm like oh man where, where do you learn all this shit i'm like is that somewhere a lot of it i learned like especially with editing a lot that i learned has been on youtube again because like technology changes so fast that what i learned in university and 2010 is not necessarily relevant now mm -hmm. so i keep educating myself i haven't done any courses i think the main reason that i gravitate towards photography is that I have a really hard time with words that's not the way that I communicate most easily so taking photos is a really natural way for me to share what I see and how I understand things so mm -hmm. but because I'm not very good at words I worry about how I would structure a course because so much of that is kind of like talking and we should totally talk yeah 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 we should totally talk <laughs> I'm like yeah 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 I'm like okay so what are some future plans you have? I don't really. I don't have any. <laughs> That's so bad. I'm. I'm not a. I'm not a very organized person. That's a big flaw of mine. I. I'm very unorganized. Um. And I've never really planned anything. Like you're hearing. Like I didn't plan what degree I was going to do. I thought I was going to do something totally different. I didn't plan to be a commercial photographer, and here I am, and that's how I make a living. Mm -hmm. Um. So things have generally unrolled pretty well for me. Just mm -hmm. however they're happening. So I'm kind of waiting to see what happens next. I do sometimes like set goals for myself. Things that I want to achieve within the the space that I'm at in the moment mm -hmm. um but yeah no I don't know what is next exactly and it's it's especially hard to say right now the, the whole pandemic situation I think everyone feels a little bit unseated and a little bit unsure of what what will happen next it's hard to plan the future in like an unknown world <laughs> fair enough yeah you mentioned COVID <clears throat> did you have plans just before March Mm -hmm. What were some of these plans? Uh, I it's I can't even remember, but I do <laughs> I do remember that overnight I lost all my work. Yeah. So those were my plans. My plan, and I'm I'm a very work oriented person. I've structured my life around work for the last five years. Mm. Um, and I remember watching the news, seeing COVID spread through Europe, and like being really anxious. And then the week that things started shutting down in Canada, basically, like I had a few sponsored contracts on. On Instagram, those were postponed or canceled. Mm -hmm. And then I had 
I had a marketing contract that I was living in Toronto at the time with a business there. And they they called me and said, hey, look, we're closing the shop. We don't need you right now. Sorry. And then I had I think I had eight weddings booked for the summer uh, and they all emailed me and said, we're postponing some of them to 2021, some of them to 2022. Uh, I ended up shooting one wedding this summer of the eight that I was supposed to. Mm. So it was a pretty drastic change. um, And it was scary. We'll come back to that. Yeah. You mentioned you moved to Toronto. Why? Uh, Love. (laughs) Love, love, love. It's really cheesy. No, no. Well, see. I, I believe in love. I'm like, one of my things is like love. Like, I'm like a fool for love. Yeah. And I, 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 I understand it. Like, yeah. I understand it. And my thing, so my, my definition for love is like, you love the person if you can carry the person shit. Literally in some cases. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Yeah. Like, you know, because like, it, like, you know, and love is like a mom and a child. Yeah. Some people and their dogs. Cause yeah. they literally carry your fucking dogs and like between a guy, girl, yeah. whatever mix, you know, um of the genders that how did love now approach you from a stable life to Toronto? So well, I think Toronto is something that I had considered before and I had actually lived in Toronto as a kid. My big sister was still living there and it was somewhere that I went often for work so it wasn't like a crazy move Mm -hmm. um but i had been dating my partner uh for almost a year at the time but when we met he was living in nashville um he's american he's a dual citizen oh nice so he grew up in halifax we met uh the the holiday season 2018 Mm -hmm. nashville is a music town right? yeah and he works (laughs) in the music industry so oh yeah yeah i went there sometime about anyway yeah yeah it's so So, fun i love yeah yeah it is Uh, is it where the grand opry is yes oh man our place is so fucking nice yeah and it's amazing like again if you like to drive to beautiful places and do silly things it's a incredible place for nature uh just beautiful anyway uh my partner was living in nashville and we decided that we wanted to live together i did not want to move to america and he was i don't think they wanted me either it's not like they would be like yes freelance photographer come on in we need more of those um and he wanted to move home to canada and toronto was like a natural he natural meeting point um we both traveled often so having the pearson airport there was convenient and i had family he had friends it just made sense Mm -hmm. yeah so um and then like when you now decided to move back did he move with yeah oh oh that's love right there he actually we moved back because of him he got a job in nova scotia so oh he was working in the music touring industry and that's obviously not happening yeah fucking covid man i know no more concerts no more no more parties like it's not it's not cool (laughs) (laughs) but uh he yeah he got a job in the film industry here so we moved back and uh, i'm I'm what does he do in film he he worked he's a camera film guy Oh, camera nice. film guy very technical term he's <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, like <laughs> i'm not gonna say what i wanted to say <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so um yeah so all that shut down tell me about this one wedding you did like was it like it everybody was, was in masks no Oh, okay. They, but it was very small. Oh, that was when we could do 50 people. Yeah. Oh, my God. R- remember that time? 50 people, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, they did. I think they had about 35 Yeah, guests. yeah. They, but, like, 
so you know we when he started in March we shut everything down yeah. we got the numbers down and then you could go to church you could go to the gym you could do go to the restaurant <laughs> go to the patio remember it was it was summer too you but it was yeah we were so lucky yeah. we were so lucky and then like I remember watching because I get that uh, I signed up anyway one of my jobs I get like daily you know and this is and you kind of see okay six people and 16 and then oh my god and then the number is like yeah. 100 i remember when i saw 119 i was like oh we're gonna shut down again yeah, yeah. and here we are <laughs> <laughs> but 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 the numbers are going back down again yeah. so so i think stephen mcneil said he was hopeful that restrictions would ease soon i think i heard that on the radio yesterday but mm, i don't know well not for christmas i hope though. i i'm a, i'm the grinch i think that it should be after christmas yeah if it's before christmas it's gonna go out of control again yeah because because if, if it's if it's before christmas then it's gonna go way back yep. up so we should wait till January, cause fuck, who's gonna do shit in January? Yeah. And then people will kind of stay home, and then the number will really go down. Then we'll have a nice spring and nice summer yeah. again. Hopefully, then and we'll then have, we'll have a vaccine. vaccine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we should be in charge of everything. Right. Right. right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, so now COVID has kind of shut things down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna go back to the sponsorship, like yeah. way back. So, you know, numbers blew up on your Instagram. Mm-hmm. Like companies reached out to you. How did the first one happen? Um, so the first I guess after Urban Outfitters, the first company I worked with was Aritzia and they hired me to photograph their opening and photograph Mo and Kayla, but they also wanted me they wanted me to photograph myself as well and share images in their clothing. So mm-hmm. that would have been like the first the first sponsored oh. post that I did that was really like paid sponsored post. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How was that experience? It was weird. I hate being photographed. Uh, I hate being in front of the camera. Me too. Yeah, that's why I'm a photographer. So that was a fucking hate it (laughs) it's terrible (laughs) that was a big learning curve and like when i started uh posting photos of myself like i was always like really small like i was very far away (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) who is this person what does she look like (laughs) how ambiguous can i be about this um and but i think just the nature of instagram and social media people want to know not they want to know you yeah and not just your business so Mm -hmm. i realized that like when i posted photos of myself that's what people responded to and so i got more comfortable and i'm like i still hate being photographed fucking hate it it's the i and that's i photograph myself like i am my own photographer you know you're lucky you can do that (laughs) yeah i'm so like do you like what was your process when you want to shoot yourself i have a tripod Mm -hmm. a really like heavy duty tripod and um i shoot with a with Nikon D750 mm. so it has wireless so I have an app on my phone and basically I turn my app on it sees what my camera sees so I can focus from my cell phone do Sweet. everything trigger my camera oh. yeah pretty. so you're kind of doing Instagram with but with your camera yeah, this time. exactly nice 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 yeah. mm. I mean sometimes like that's a very general process sometimes it's more challenging like if i don't want my phone to be in the frame there's no timer so then i have to kind of like turn off the phone app and like i I nail the focus turn off the phone app run back to my camera put it on burst (laughs) run back to the frame that kind of thing so sometimes they're you know right to shoot you doing that (laughs) i like people watching me do this must just be scratching their head little person yeah especially when it's like running into a frozen waterfall (laughs) 
<laughs> people are like, what? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So the latest one is with Michelin. Yeah. What what would you say is the biggest one? And and how would you call like what makes it the biggest one? Um, I I was a brand ambassador for LG Electronics for <gasps> Okay, well that's fucking huge. Yeah, for I think two and a half years. Um, so that was really exciting. Yeah, we'll come back to the LG one, but on your Instagram, like there's a company that kinda handles all these things for you, right? Yeah, my management agency, uh counter. How do you fuck man, yeah, like I'm <laughs> talking to a real celebrity. No, 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 no. <laughs> so how did the management thing happen? Um it actually was through LG as well. Um, oh. Um, one of the uh, like people in the marketing department with LG, he and his wife have started their management agency. He's no longer with LG, um, but we met through LG, and then they started this agency. Maybe like I feel like six months later or so. They're in and, Toronto. Yeah, they're based in Toronto, and we had already met. So they asked me if I would be interested. They were looking. They basically want to have representation across Canada. Makes sense. So they wanted someone on the East Coast, and we already had a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think we started working together in 2018. So it's been like a while now, and it's going pretty, pretty well. I love it. Yeah, and so like even like the Michelin til- uh, thing yeah. filters through them. And- yeah, they actually found that for me. So they're working with Michelin, and then they know that I spend all my time outside. Fucking driving, <laughs> yeah. Driving. You're like in the weirdest places, yeah. man. Like I'm sure if I'm like, oh man, I want to make this film, and it's kind of like sci-fi, but like you know, there's like a waterfall here and like trees. I'm like, oh, I know this place. Go here. Do you yeah. like have um? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, yeah. A lot of places, like I'm also, I'm very bad at directions. So a lot of places I found when I've been lost. Like I've been trying to find one thing, and then I end up at another thing, and I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool, and I save that. Yeah. Um, I also spend like in the winter or like when I'm bored, I'll spend time on Google Maps, like satellite view, and just like be like looking around, or you know, if I know there's a waterfall in one area, I mean, waterfalls are rivers, so I'm like, if I follow the river, is there going to be another waterfall? Just use satellite like that. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So. Tips, yeah. tips and tricks. <laughs> okay. Um, you know one thing that kind of has been a theme that I've just listened in your life is like your life is just full of happy accidents. Yeah, I mean there's been lot like that that's the part of my life that I share. There's been lots of yeah, challenges yeah, as yeah. well. But um definitely I think I'm pretty adaptable. I moved a lot as a kid. I had like an amazing childhood, but also like a childhood with a lot of change and a lot of um just unusual circumstances so Mm -hmm. i feel like as a result of that i'm kind of able to embrace things that happen and try and make the most of them now Mm -hmm. that's what i try to do at least well it it works it works in in his evidence and all you do um yeah we should talk about the course thing i'm serious um i'm gonna let you go but i have this one last question Mm -hmm. for you and you can take all the time you want to think about it or you can just blot out the answer if you want um at what point do you feel you have the right photograph? Mm, that's really hard. It depends. It depends what it is. A lot of the time, and I think I was talking about this in the the reel that you mentioned, the editing reel. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm there are like I'm not a documentary photographer at heart. Like I don't want to capture what's in front of me and just have that be that. A lot of the time, like I'm a little bit like 
I'm pretty spacey, like I'm a little bit like whimsical. So like I want to represent things how I see them, not as they are. Mm -hmm. So sometimes there's not one one photographs. A lot of my photographs, especially on Instagram, are composites. Mm -hmm. So it might be like, you know, I might take like 10 photos of the same waterfall and in one photo, like the cloud, the sky, sun peeked through the clouds at the perfect moment. And I want that sliver of the clouds. But then in another photo, I really like the pattern of how the water is falling on the rocks. So I want that part. And then in another photo, I like what the water's doing in the pool. So I want that. And I'm making composites. And that's a lot of the time, that's how I see things. Like if I'm shooting a sunset, I think, oh, it would be really cool if this had stars in it. So maybe I stay longer, set up my tripod and get a, like an astral photo. But I don't mm -hmm. like how the foreground looks. So I've already shot that in daylight. Um, so I, yeah, I, there's no one perfect photo for mm -hmm. me. And editing, even if I'm not doing composites, even when I'm doing an edit just of one photo, I love retouching, I love editing. So for me, the perfect photo happens after the fact, I think. Mm. But that's great, because most things can be a perfect photo. That's that a ton of work, though. It is, Just like listening it. to that, I have a headache. <laughs> no. Because you have to go through all the photos. Oh, I like this one. Okay, keep that one. Mm -hmm. And then you take a section of that one. Yeah. So, like, one photo is, like, 40 photos. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but I love it. And I so I have my minor in drawing from NASCAD. And mm -hmm. I actually work with a stylus when I'm editing. So I have a laptop with a touch screen. And I do everything with a pen. And when I'm working with layers in Photoshop and bringing some things forward and getting rid of other things with a brush, it feels like I'm drawing. It feels like I'm doing something that I love. Like, I put on a good podcast mm -hmm. or put on the right music and i can just do that all day and then kingsley just he's lazy man yeah. he's my homie man he i like him like that's <laughs> what i want to do just lie down on a comfortable couch yeah he waits sometimes we go for a hike sometimes he gets a treat he has a good life <laughs> he does okay i lied that wasn't the last question okay. so the last question is like your name is a fucking amazon product i know <laughs> the people i came before i I'm know the i first. know the, the, the people ever you know, go and be silly with the whole Alexa. All the time. All the time. I told you that my boyfriend, did, like, one of the first things he said when we met for our first date was, like, do people ever make Alexa? <laughs> someone, someone at airport security once at Pearson, I was, like, I was having a really bad day. I was running late for a flight. I had, like, I was stressed. It was for work. And then the security guy made a joke. He was, like, Alexa, play my song. <laughs> and I... <laughs> I was just like, I didn't even understand. I was like, what are you talking about? And then he's like, your name. <laughs> stupid. Oh, my God. So stupid. All the time. All the time. Okay. Oh, man. Alexa, I had so, so much fun. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. And we really should talk about the cost thing. Let's do it.